Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us the privilege of life. We are grateful, Lord, for your blessings and the temporal things that you provide for us to sustain us. We thank you also for the gift of your Holy Spirit and the blessings that your holy angels also strew on our pathway. Glory be to your name, dear Lord. As we fellowship with you now, please teach us again from your word things new and old. Help us, Father, that as we look at the words that we that we have for today, you will so impress it on our hearts and give us the grace to be transformed, that the defects of our characters, as we see them, that they may be uprooted and removed. Grant me the gift of your Spirit and all of us who are listening, that we all may rightly divide the word of truth with understanding and with knowledge. Put your words in my mouth. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, October 6. Judas, Self-Seeking Disciple But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. John chapter 6 verse 64 while Jesus was preparing the disciples for their ordination, one who had not been summoned urged his presence among them. It was Judas Iscariot, a man who professed to be a follower of Christ. Judas believed Jesus to be the Messiah, and by joining the disciples, he hoped to secure a high position in the new kingdom. The disciples were anxious that Judas should become one of their number. He was of commanding appearance, a man of keen discernment and executive ability, and they commended him to Jesus as one who would greatly assist him in his work. The after history of Judas would show them the danger of allowing any worldly consideration to have weight in deciding the fitness of men for the work of God. Yet, when Judas joined the disciples, he was not insensible to the beauty of the character of Christ. He felt the influence of that divine power which was drawing souls to the Savior. The Savior read the heart of Judas. He knew the depths of iniquity to which, unless delivered by the grace of God, Judas would sink. In connecting this man with himself, he placed him where he might day by day be brought in contact with the outflowing of his own unselfish love. If he would open his heart to Christ, divine grace would banish the demon of selfishness and even Judas might become a subject of the kingdom of God. God takes men as they are and trains them for his service if they will be disciplined and learn of him. 
They are not chosen because they are perfect, but notwithstanding their imperfections, that through the knowledge and practice of the truth, through the grace of Christ, they may become transformed into his image. Judas had the same opportunities as had the other disciples. He listened to the same precious lessons. But the practice of the truth which Christ required was at variance with the desires and purposes of Judas and he would not yield his ideas in order to receive wisdom from heaven. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Judas, Self-Seeking Disciple. In our devotion yesterday, we understood that we have to have our primary goal in life to be that we want to have the image of God restored in us. When our first parents were made, Adam and Eve, the Bible tells us that they were made in the image and likeness of God. Through sin, this image of God was marred and continually over the years, the world being about 6,000 years now, man has begun to display things that are farther and farther away from the image of God. But the purpose of the work of salvation which Christ came to do on the earth was this, to restore his image back in us. And that's why you hear me pray almost every day concerning this matter. Lord, please restore in us the image of Jesus. This is the purpose of life. It was Matthew who recorded this part of the mission of Jesus as mentioned by Angel Gabriel when he appeared to Joseph, the earthly guardian of Jesus Christ. Matthew 1 reading from verse 18 to 21 says, Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of God, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. And I say again, Amen. For he will save you from your sins, and he will save me from my sins. But that is, except I want to be saved, and except you want to be saved. Jesus himself consistently repeated this mission of his concerning how he wants to restore his image in us by taking away sin and helping us to have the righteousness of God. For example, in Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, when his ministry began, it says, Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. What was that gospel? Hear it now. It says, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. What is repentance? 
Repentance is sorrow from sin and the turning away from it. So what was Jesus' message? It is still the same message today to all of us. Turn from your sin. Be sorrowful for your sin and look for righteousness. Seek ye righteousness. Again, in the book of Mark chapter 2 verse 17, it says, When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Hmm. Here again, Jesus is making it clear. My mission is to restore my image in humanity, to call sinners to repentance. Luke 5 verse 32 again, it says, Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Luke 19 verse 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And you understand the terminology here when he says you are lost. To be lost means to be in sin. Then in 1 Timothy 1 verse 14 and 15, Paul expresses it this way. He says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Amen. Christ Jesus came into the world for what? To be a king and to deliver us from the terrorists? No. To be a deliverer from poverty? Not exactly. Those are secondary things. The primary reason Jesus came is to save you from your sins, my brother. To save you from your iniquities, my sister. Everyone who came to Jesus, even if they had other motives than this in mind, they may stay for a long or short while, but by and by, they eventually left Jesus. They couldn't follow through with him simply because the topmost desire was not to have the image of God restored in them. They did not desire freedom from sin and repentance towards God. They missed out on the greatest blessing of ever offered to man, repentance towards God, a life free from sin, eternal life with Jesus forever. Now, among those who was so close to this blessing, but yet so far from Jesus, was this man called Judas Iscariot. Like many of the people who came to Jesus, Judas did not come to Jesus for the sole purpose of repentance from sin. No problem. Though this was the case, he was not beyond saving. If he chose, association with Jesus would have changed him. Just like many of us today, we come to Jesus with other motives in mind and later on, we begin to see other things about him and our motive changes. It could have happened to Jesus, to Judas. To Judas. Judas came because he cherished the popular opinion which was the Messiah will take the throne of David and reign in Jerusalem. And Judas was determined that when that happens, he will not miss out. He will fight to be as close to power as he possibly could. All the disciples of Jesus were not chosen one day. It took many days for them to be assembled. Firstly was John, Andrew, James and Peter. Then came Matthew, Philip and Nathaniel. Apart from Matthew, who was a publican, the rest of them were connected in some kind of friendship and were of the lowly class in society, uneducated, illiterate. But Judas was not like that. Reading the book of Matthew chapter 8 verse 18 and down to 20, Judas is described as someone who even 
is a teacher of the law sort of it says when jesus noticed the crowd around him he ordered his disciples to go to the other side of the lake a teacher of the law came to him teacher he said i am ready to go with you wherever you go jesus answered him foxes have holes and birds have nests but the son of man has no place to lie down and rest who do you know do you know who this person was that was judas reading from desire of ages page 293 paragraph 2 and 294 paragraph 1 it says while jesus was preparing the disciples for their ordination one who had not been summoned urged his presence among them it was judas iscariot a man who professed to be a follower of christ he now came forward soliciting a place in the inner circle of disciples with great earnestness and apparent sincerity he declared master i will follow thee whithersoever thou goest jesus neither repulsed nor welcomed him but uttered only the mournful words the foxes have holes and the birds have of the air have nests but the son of man hath not where to lay his head matthew 8 verse 19 and 20. so in the account of mark i'll, I'll continue the reading soon but this thing we read now in matthew 8 verse 19 and 20 it doesn't call him the teacher of the law but the address foxes have holes and birds have nests is to judas and if you read verse 19 in the same matthew 8 verse 19 it says that he is a teacher of the law that is judas so i'll continue the reading now it says judas believed jesus to be the messiah and by joining the apostles he hoped to secure a high position in the new kingdom this hope jesus designed to cut off by the statement of his poverty the disciples were anxious that judas should become one of their number he was of commanding appearance, a man of keen discernment and executive ability, and they commended him to Jesus as one who would greatly assist him in his work. They were surprised that Jesus received him so coolly, that is, coldly, end of quote. They were surprised. Why is Jesus not welcoming this man? This is, we have had problems all this while. The Pharisees have been questioning you and saying, oh, you are eating with publicans and harlots. They have not credited you and for your ministry to expand, you need the approval of these Pharisees. Or even if you don't need it, at least it will be better for you that you have these people of the educated class to be among us. I mean, look at the people I listed now, publican, Matthew, the remaining six of them were just people of the low class. The others who were added later, Thaddeus and Judas and uh, that's another Judas and then there's Simon the Zealot. Simon was a Zealot. Do you know who a Zealot is? Those are the, the other three disciples apart from Judas. A Zealot is someone who is core, who has that core behavior of those Maccabians, of those Hashmonians, those who will go and fight and ensure that they are never under the Roman yoke or Herod's yoke. They were very violent people jesus chose this man simon the zealot we'll talk about them later and then there was thomas doubting thomas which one of them is educated we don't have any record of any of them being people of high class of society but here comes this man of executive ability this educated man who is described as a teacher of the law he came to join this group who brought him than other than satan but jesus knew who he was and jesus did not want to take him but the disciples were wondering why is jesus doing this 
at last the teacher of the law is here to join us but jesus doesn't want to take him in and jesus just made a comment to see whether he would at least leave because he knew the heart of judas to be a self-seeking man and he told him i don't have any place to lay my head so that judas would just leave but he didn't continuing the reading it says the disciples had been much disappointed that jesus had not tried to secure the cooperation of the leaders in israel they felt that it was a mistake not to strengthen his cause by securing the support of these influential men if he had repulsed judas they would in their own minds have questioned the wisdom of their master the after history of judas would show them the danger of allowing any worldly consideration to have weight in deciding the fitness of men for the work of God. The cooperation of such men as the disciples were anxious to secure would have betrayed the work into the hands of its worst enemies. End of quote. There is a lesson for us to learn from here. The first lesson is this, that we are to let Jesus choose those who will work in whatever capacity he wants them to work. He is the one who knows best and we are to have his mind when selecting those who are to work in his service. If we do not have the mind of Christ, we will make mistakes. Jesus allowed Judas to come in because, like we read, the disciples would have felt that if he repulsed Judas, they would question his wisdom. That's the problem. They thought that they knew it all and if Jesus had repulsed Judas, he would have started questioning his wisdom and his whole mission. So because of that, Jesus permitted it. He allowed Judas to come in. And the lesson there is, when we do not have the mind of Christ, we are bound to make mistakes. When we are not subject to him, concerning every decision we want to make, then we will make mistakes. At this time, the disciples made a huge mistake in not submitting and trusting the wisdom of Jesus. They had Jesus before them. We, we don't have Jesus to see with our eyes. They could easily have said, what do you think, Jesus? I like him, but I would submit to whatever you say, trusting you that you know why you are doing what you are doing. But the disciples had not learned to pray to Jesus and trust his decision. And so Jesus let them be. He allowed them to have their way. And if we also do the same thing, if we do not consult Jesus, if we don't pray to him when making decisions in life, especially when deciding those who would hold such positions, such sensitive position as, positions as one who is going to be a teacher of the people or who is going to connect with those who are in ministry making decisions when you don't pray, when you don't allow Jesus to choose you, make a mistake. And secondly, when we are, we are not to consider worldly qualifications for service for God in the same way we select people for work in the secular business. Skill and intelligence is all that is needed to work in the secular things. But in the work of God, it goes beyond, goes beyond skill and intelligence. Self-distrust, selflessness, humility, and a desire to please God are the criteria. The disciples made a very costly mistake in urging upon Jesus this disciple who would eventually betray him. They learned the lesson the hard way, but they learned it nonetheless. So, when selecting people for work, especially when it comes to spiritual things, you must ensure that this person has a sincere desire to please God and you ask yourself, how do I know? Someone who has a desire to please God will study his word and will not 
try to dilute it let me put it that way will not start second guessing god's word but will take it like ezra i will learn whatever i see i will do because they are humble towards god and then there's only so much we can know we need to pray for god to make his providence guide us to make the right decision and be careful not to be influenced by the qualifications worldly qualifications of people when selecting them to work for god be careful not to be moved by oh he can speak very well oh he went to this school oh he studied this course what does that have to do with the qualification of the holy spirit with the unction of the holy spirit please we ought to separate these things qualifications from the school and certificates and degrees they do not give us any advantage when trying to convince God of who will work for him. But too many times in the churches of today, Judas is as selected because they are people of executive ability. Oh, he's a banker. She's a lawyer. He is an engineer. He's a doctor. Therefore, make him a school superintendent. She can speak well. She's a news broadcaster. She works for this television and that media house. Therefore, they can work for God mistakes upon mistakes judas is selected those are not the things to look at when selecting for the work of god not that these things are bad they're not bad but those are not supposed to be the considerations we need to see that humility that desire to please god that self-distrust that selflessness and that confidence in god self-distrust doesn't mean the person is running away from work or something you must have confidence in god's ability so another beautiful lesson is that what we learn from here is that God meets us where we are and can still transform the lives of those who come to him with the wrong motives. It was, it was not only Judas who had in mind to advantage himself with honor by attaching himself to Jesus. All the disciples had this sentiment in mind. Though there were others who were desirous to be cleansed from their sin, they still cherished that desire for self-exaltation. Jesus permitted them to work with him nonetheless. As we read in Conflict and Courage, page 285, paragraph 5 and 6, it says, God takes men as they are and trains them for his service, if they will be disciplined and learn of him. They are not chosen because they are perfect, but notwithstanding their imperfections, that through the knowledge and practice of the truth, through the grace of Christ, they may become transformed into his image. Judas had the same opportunities as had the other disciples. He listened to the same precious lessons, but the practice of the truth which Christ required was at variance with the desires and purposes of Judas, and he would not yield his ideas in order to receive wisdom from heaven. End of quote. Like I said, all the disciples of Jesus had one problem or the other. This is how we also have our own defects in character today. Judas' case was that he was covetous. It wasn't necessary for him to have allowed this to lead him to selling his Lord. But mixed with his covetousness was pride of intelligence and a hatred of correction. He had the opportunity for him to remedy his defects in character. But that desire for, self, for money and to advantage self was greater with him than a desire for holiness and purity of life. The other disciples had their defects remedied because, though they had other desires, association with Jesus and beholding his matchless love and selflessness was a rebuke to them constantly. 
and they were provoked to a holy emulation and they dropped their self-seeking attitude. They chose to put one another first and stop seeking for the first place because they saw the beauty of a selfless character. And this beauty is written in the book Desire of Ages, page 43, paragraph 1, to show us how Jesus wanted only those who needed deliverance from sin to come to him. All those with selfish ambitions, you wouldn't get your way with Jesus. It says, the king of glory stooped low to take humanity. Rude and forbidding were his earthly surroundings. His glory was veiled that the majesty of his outward form might not become an object of attraction. He shunned all outward display. Riches, worldly honor, and human greatness can never save a soul from death. Jesus proposed that no attraction of an earthly nature should call men to his side. Only the beauty of heavenly truth must draw those who would follow him. The character of the Messiah had long been foretold in prophecy, and he desired men to accept him on the testimony of the word of God. End of quote. Amen. Judas was coming for other reasons, but Jesus constantly was displaying something different from what Judas wanted to see. The other disciples got their hopes disappointed because they wanted to see this man who would help them to be rich and who would give them glory and raise them higher in the status of the society. But Jesus never catered to that need. But the other disciples gradually learned and changed their desires, but not Judas. And we've seen the reason why Judas didn't change. Because... Christ required the practice of the truth, not just the hearing of it. Judas heard, but the practice was at variance with his desires and purposes. That's why I started by describing the mission of Jesus. His purpose of coming is to save us from our sins. As for Judas, he didn't want to be saved from his sins. What he wanted was money. What he wanted was self-exaltation. What he wanted was glory and honor. So, here it is that Jesus said, I want to give you freedom from sin. Jesus, Judas is saying, I want from you glory and honor. How can they work together? They cannot because they do not agree. Jesus constantly tried to divert Judas and all self-seeking disciples away from that which is earthly to that which is eternal and heavenly. One time he said to them in the book of Matthew 6, reading from verse 24, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other ye cannot serve god and mammon judas heard all these words and jesus continued saying therefore i say unto you take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink nor yet for your body what ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Imagine this. Jesus was striking at the root of those who loved money. And he was telling them, stop thinking about these things. Going on in verse 29, 
in verse 30 he says wherefore if god so clothe the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven shall he not much more clothe you o ye of little faith therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed for after all these things do the gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things so now to those who like judas were self-seeking the lord does not condemn you but he speaks these loving words to us now he says but seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you take therefore no thought for the morrow for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof what is jesus saying here jesus is virtually saying do not on account of your desire to advantage yourself make gains and be rich lose the kingdom of god make the righteousness of god and of his kingdom your top priority and all other blessings will come with it all these blessings he mentioned what will i eat what will i put on what will i drink these were the thoughts that were topmost in judas's mind i want to be clothed like solomon i want to have this i want to be rich jesus said seek first the deliverance from sin that is the kingdom of god which was the purpose for which Christ came. Repent ye, he said, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Turn away from iniquity. That should be your first desire when you are coming to me. But Jesus, Judas was a self-seeking disciple. And many of us are like Judas today. But Jesus has this simple message to you. Instead of thinking about worldly honor and worldly greatness and riches, Jesus is saying to you, I have something better to offer you. Channel your energies and all your direction and your desires and your zeal into another thing that is better the kingdom of god and his righteousness what is righteousness freedom from sin the righteousness of god in you seek that first then you see all those things you are looking for jesus said i have mansions prepared in heaven for you i have life eternal to give to you pleasures forevermore you want to go see animals and you're happy to see their beauty you want to live in a place where you have your own orchard your own garden you you want to enjoy yourself jesus is not against that but don't let that be your primary goal in life have one other thing as your primary goal just one thing the kingdom of god and his righteousness here is where judas missed it and got it wrong he was self-seeking are you like judas today the lord speaks to you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things you are looking for will be added unto you let us pray dear father in heaven please help us many of us are self-seeking we are thinking like judas i want to be clothed like solomon i want to have riches and wealth and the freedom from sin you are offering to us we are not seeing it as our need Please, Lord, I pray that these words that were spoken today shall touch the hearts of your children who are laboring to be rich at the expense of their spiritual growth, that such ones will put a stop to it, give them the zeal and grace 
that they will put a stop to it and instead of being self-seeking, you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. May your Holy Spirit use these words to touch such a heart and transform every one of us instead of being self-seeking to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Help us in this matter, O Lord, and transform us, I pray. If not, we are lost. We need you, Lord. Please bless us with this. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Seek the Lord while he may be found.